welcome to another episode of Podjiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. Apparently, it's season four. This is what I've been told. Woo-hoo. Is that right? That's, yeah, it's the time jump season. It's the time jump season. We're in season four, even though this is the third year. Wait, is that right? Who knows? Oh no, it is the fourth year. Wow. No. No. Yeah. We're only we like a hundred episodes, right? Right, but but I, I just mean fourth calendar year. Because we started in twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. And it's now twenty twenty two. Like it's yeah, it's not it's not four full years. But I see. This is the fourth uh calendar year in which we're anyway. Uh I am a Pajaba comedy editor. Fancy Dan. Yes. <laughs> With me are Pajaba Managing Editor Tori Preston. Hi. Hello, Tori, spelled T O R R E Y. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to say what he called himself, but uh, Dustin, aka Justin Rolls. <laughs> I really, it's... we have an alternative, uh, alternate reality going on in our time jump season. What's well, What's yeah, different well. about this reality? Uh, well, it's Justin. really who, who's to say, Fancy Dan? <laughs> I don't know, Justin. Do you notice anything different? I don't know, Tori with the Y. <laughs> I like it here. Let's stay. All right. Well, we're in the alternate universe. It's season four. We've jumped ahead, uh, and we also took our first break ever extended. Um, I didn't care for it. Uh, how's uh, how 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 was how are you? How's everybody? There was a lot of television that happened, but without us talking about it, did it really it happen? It didn't there was, feel like it. No, there was so much television. We're going to talk about so much television. Uh, we're going to we're going to burn through it, and it will be <laughs> deeply unsatisfying for everyone. But uh, us included, <laughs> us included, but especially yes. us. But that's how it'll be. But yeah. before that, uh, what's everyone drinking? Um, Tori, welcome <gasps> back to the world of drinking on on like on podcasts on podcasts. Where, where people can hear me. Um, <laughs> I, I made a margarita. I decided to get fancy. I had margarita mix that and I bought for the holidays. A winter margarita. Yeah. Yeah, I had the mix. I bought it for the holidays. I don't know why I thought my parents would want to get drunk on margaritas for Christmas, <laughs> but uh, they didn't. So here I am. Do your parents often get drunk with you? Um, not drunk drunk. <laughs> Okay, tipsy with you though. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll have beers and and they like Bloody Marys. The regular episode of Euphoria. Yeah, uh, not apparently, not according to what I've been hearing about Euphoria. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> there are some very permissive parents in Euphoria as well. Yeah. Well, they didn't let me. I mean, it's not like my parents and I were downing vodka shots when I was in high school. <laughs> Although, they did. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast. Oh, who, whatever. Who's going to judge? Uh, when I when I was an adult and legal and in college, and they found out that I was smoking weed, my parents did start buying me weed and putting it in my stocking at Christmas. Aww. It was very sweet. Yeah, loving. That's yeah. a that's a great story. It was lovely. So then my and then all my college buddies would get really excited when I came back from the holidays because they'd be like, "Where's the Vermont weed?" I'm like, "Here it is, guys." <laughs> All of this done legally, of course. Uh, completely above board. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dustin. Weed was, was legal it? back then, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. As far as we know, we, Tori was, didn't say when that Tori's happened. very young. I'm like very young. Year. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, what about you? 
Um, I'm drinking a uh, special beer tonight. It's actually from Vermont, mm. uh, from a small Vermont brewery. It's called Arthur, and it is fancy as hell. It's Ooh. got a good story, and I don't remember. I, it's small print, and my eyes don't work. But maybe Greensboro, Vermont. Is that a right? Is that right? Is that a city near you? I I don't know. Green State Lager. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. I've never like heard a, of it. It's a it's a very tiny brewery. I think that uh, my um, uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law uh, frequent because they love their beer, and they bought me a whole case of it because. When I went to their house for Thanksgiving, I fell in love with a particular beer, and they're like, oh, when you get your case, and they did, and it's delicious. What kind of beer is it, though? Uh, it's a Farmstead Ale. Oh, I love those. Hill yeah. Farmstead Brewery. Oh, no, you said Arthur. It's Hill Farmstead? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I've had them, yeah. I have a growler yeah. from them downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is a growler? Oh, it's the giant jug. It's a jug of beer. Oh, You go, and okay. they fill it from the tap. Okay, okay. I just have, like, the giant... They're not growlers. They're not that big, but they're, like, big bottles. Like, wine big bottles, bottles of beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're very mm-hmm. good. Yes, it's amazing. Oh, you, now you got to live up to this fancy, Dan. <laughs> oh, I I have uh, nothing nearly as fancy. Um, I'm, I feel like I... Had some well, okay. So I reached into the magic uh, uh, whiskey cabinet, and um, there's a bottle of Glenlivet 12 Illicit Still, which uh, well, I believe fancy. I got. Uh, I, I've I've had it on. I think I had it on maybe the holiday episodes because um, it was opened. Uh, so I definitely had some. <laughs> but you don't remember. But I well, I don't remember when I had it. Obviously, I've had it before. Um, but it's quite so good. you're recycling for the four series four season premiere. You're recycling old drinks. Great. I am. Look, it's what what happens is sometimes you reach into the into the cabinet and uh, you just get what you get. You know, it's like the TARDIS. Sometimes it just gives you what you need. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty nice. So I'm not I'm not complaining. I have a question, Dan. Yes. When you're, you know out of town for say three weeks for mm-hmm. reasons mm-hmm. um does the magic liquor cabinet sort of just multiply uh in your absence so it is fuller when you return oh interesting question um you know this time it seems like it has stayed the same but uh you never know what uh what's going to end up in there i believe there's some foo fighter sake but that that's not magic i bought that myself um <laughs> that I'm saving for a special occasion. So maybe episode 200. That oh, seems like it's going to be a That's a long away. way away. Yeah. Episode 150. How about that? I like how you're saying that this isn't special enough. Uh, no. It's, <laughs> it's, well, the, here's the secret about uh, sake is that it probably needs to be chilled and has not been. So that's, ah. a, that's an issue. Um, and look, yes. I, so, so we've been away for about a month. Uh, it's my fault. It was me. My bad, guys. I was, uh, I was away on, um, on assignment, and uh, that's all we need to. That's all we need to say about that. Um, there's no. It's not tied to anything happening on uh, March 9th, uh, Wednesday, March 9th, or, or the successive 13 or so Wednesdays with some. Wednesdays in between uh, mm-hmm. off, 
So, uh, you know what uh, uh, premieres Wednesday, March 9th, Dustin, is uh, the new season of Survivor. So that's exciting. we got to wait till March? March 9th. Wednesday, March 9th is the uh, premiere of Survivor and other <sighs> shows. But you know, Yeah, I'm not going to be watching Survivor because I'll probably be watching Kung Fu on the CW. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, I'm that's watching the other Survivor. Show. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Look, it's it's going to be a two-hour Survivor premiere. It's, oh, okay. it, yeah. We get it. It's, um, it's a big night is what we're saying. It's a big night, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the, the Amazing Race came back after like uh, almost two years, and I yeah. guess that's filling it in good? the stage. Um, it, it's fine. It's just kind of funny because like uh, after three episodes, they broke for um, the pandemic for a year and a half, and they came back, and like uh, some of the teams could not return because there were like couples who I think did not make it. Oh, they like broke what, up. I but they didn't say that, but you know I the think pandemic that is hard. Right. Oh, you mean they continued that competition? Yes, the same teams, oh. except except for the ones that did not come back. But then they right. ended up bringing back the two teams that were eliminated. Uh, and <laughs> hilariously, the first team eliminated was brought back and was eliminated first again. Well, they weren't very good, apparently. <laughs> no. But the second team that was eliminated came back, and uh, they weren't eliminated only because it was a non-elimination round. Hmm. You think so, they would have been eliminated? I mean, they would have, except that it ended up not being an elimination round. Hmm. Anyway, well, it's fine. They're doing just... charter flights now, and you know, it's kind of strange seeing people. I mean, every once in a while, they'll, you'll see them in mask or other people in mask, which is a strange thing to see on a reality television show right now. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. It's always amazing race. It's good. All right. We weren't even, it's not even on our yeah, list, I know. but apparently I know. we just it talked just about Amazing up. Race. Um, yeah, came up is how <laughs> Dustin <laughs> likes to put it. Um, all right, here we go. We've got at least nine shows to talk about, and we're going we're gonna to burn through them. Some of them will be quicker than others. Some of them will just be, you know, watch it or don't. Are we going to do them in order, or are we just going to kind of freeball it? Uh, we can we can jump around, but uh, I'm going to start with Station Eleven just because I feel like that'll be quick. So, uh, Dustin watched Station Eleven. Yes, I watched it. Uh, Tori has not. No. Okay. Uh, short version. It's great. It's very emotional. I cried like a baby. Uh, you should watch it, Tori. I don't like crying. No. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Neither do I. But you know, sometimes sometimes it's good. It's, it's, yeah, it's a good cry. It's a good cry. I cry during Ted Lasso, and I feel like I'm not supposed to. So shows that I'm supposed to cry oh. during. Oh no, Ted what Lasso! You're definitely like... supposed to supposed to get emotional. But like each like. week. That's that's the Bill Lawrence special. Is yeah. You you laugh for the first two thirds and you cry in the in Act Three. Oh. So I'm just getting played. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so Station Eleven, is it also uh, very intentionally trying to make you cry, or does it feel more, you know... Only only there and near the end. I, don't I th- think it's more just that, like, it's very... Cause, so it, it's set... Dur- it's based on a book. It's set during, a, during and after a pandemic, which makes it difficult to watch now for obvious reasons. But it has a very optimistic spirit that is... Uh, can be emotionally cathartic, I think, without being uh, manipulative. Hmm. It also came out, like, right at the height of, like, at of Omicron. Omicron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this particular pandemic wiped out 99%. It was a flu that wiped out 99% of the population. Right. 
what, like the stand? I guess so. Is I... that what happened in the stand? I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, nobody yeah. remembers the CBS show, but yeah. Like the book. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't like, it wasn't, it, it was It was a lot more like uh, Slings and Arrows, which is an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And um, The Leftovers a little bit. Yep. So it's not so like a zombie apocalypse. It's just normal. No, no. Dead. It's no, just no. normal dead people. Right. And it's, the, yeah, it's, it's just it's just the normal people that are left, and like you see bits and pieces of kind of like how they got to where they got to, and then uh, you're you're following the traveling symphony, which is like a traveling Shakespeare troupe. Um, so it's very it's weirdly like small scale. I mean, you know, it's the the visuals of it are epic, but you, they're, you're mostly just following people you know, who live their life in a loop around, like, in a small section of Michigan. So it's not even, like, it's not, like, a global story or anything like that. Right, they're not, like, going someplace. It's not, like, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and it's... That seems yeah, lovely. It's good. It's very and well it, done. It's, the creator uh, was on uh, Leftovers, which is why Dustin loves it, uh, <laughs> and Mackenzie Davis is in it, which is why I love it. And, Wait, the creator uh, was on... Leftovers? Yeah, Patrick uh, Somerville. He was in the he was in the leftovers uh, writing staff. Oh, that makes so much sense. Oh wow. <laughs> you didn't even know. No, I didn't. No. Yeah, because I've also, heard that the people who watched both uh, felt like it felt like the leftovers. Um, but yeah, it had a lot of that. in in some ways. Yeah, I didn't like it as much. It, it took me a little bit to get into it, and and that's part partly because I I had read the book so recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't love the book, and the television show ended up being much, much better than the book. And I haven't read the book, but uh, I've heard about some of the changes that they made, which are mind-boggling to me, that, like, it's not in the book that way. <laughs> yeah, the uh, book is kind of aimless, and, like, there's a lot of obvious things it could have done that the television mm-hmm. show did do, that mm-hmm. you're like, why didn't the book do that? Yeah. Um, but the book but is yeah. more like one of those one of those, uh, you know, lyrical prose things that you just appreciate the writing. And uh, the television show decided to actually build out a plot. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, that I... actually feels like it has, that's, that does feel like kind of like the right kind of book, though, that then you could successfully adapt because you yes. can, there's stuff to add and fill in without feeling like you're going against the spirit of the book. Right, and it, and it maintained the same characters, so mm-hmm. just did different things with them. Right. And you're not going to end up in like a Game of Thrones thing where you run out no. of book no. and have to just wing it. Right. Um, also, it's a limited series, so uh, you get the whole story. That seems really nice. <laughs> 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 and there's a guy... Oh... Oh, I did know him from yesterday. Uh, is it uh, Heimish Patel? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. God damn, he's good. He's so great. Good. Um, the actor who, I'm blanking on his name, who played his brother was great. Yes. Um, and he's from Industry, which I haven't seen but mean to because I hear it's good. Uh, oh, I watched okay. Industry. I had forgotten that I had, but yes. Um Kenzie Davis is great. Um, uh, Lori Petty. Lori Petty. 
Lori Petty's uh, in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, basically the whole cast is is either really good people that you've seen in other stuff being really good, or unknown people who you've never seen before and they're also really good. And so it's oh, it's it's done now. It's it's yeah, done it's eight uh, episodes. Yep. Wait, no, and ten Rico, episodes. Oh, was it ten? Uh, and yep. Rico, uh, Colin Tony. Yeah. <gasps> He's, he, just, he's in it. he has a small sort of goofy but like really nice role in it. I love him. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Remember when he showed up in like one episode of Westworld and it was so freaking annoying? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so right. good and I was just so angry. <laughs> I wonder if he did that and then he got this and then they're like, oh, sorry, can't be in this anymore. Oh, that's possible. Also, no, Gail like Garcia a... Bernal is in it. Didn't, mm-hmm. That's a sizable He's role. Good. Wow. Um, wow, the cast. cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the cast is good. Writing's really good. Uh, yeah. Just it's just it's worth it. It's worth watching. Um, but is there a chance it won't make me cry? No. Oh God damn it! <laughs> it I won't think make it's. Me cry. I think it's. I could see going no, the, I could see finale. I, I the think, finale will I th- kill you I think it depends on there's one storyline that I feel like if it if it rubs you the wrong way you'll it'll kind of like it'll prevent you from having the level of catharsis that that uh, everyone has but uh, but I think it's really well done and well, I will. I will take it under advisement. <laughs> I will consider it. You, you've right. made a compelling argument. All right. Well, oh, that's for everyone else too. Watch Station Eleven. It's 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 worth it. Um, HBO Max. Uh, all right. Um, what should we? What, I feel like okay. I feel like Tori should should give us something since since this has been aimed at Tori. Okay. Well, so I want to flip it on uh, a show that probably should have been a limited series but you get to the end and I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be uh, which is Archive 81 mm. uh, which was based on a podcast uh, which I was unaware of until after I watched the show so theoretically I could have just listened to the podcast and found out everything that was happening on it um, but it was a Netflix show uh, it's a pretty good fun uh, suspense horror uh but not it's not as gruesome it's 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 more kind of atmospheric uh high concept kind of thing so there's a a guy who's an archival specialist um all right i'm gonna warn you my cat's coming in hot let's see if she knocks (laughs) something over all right okay bye bye (laughs) Um, (laughs) she's great timing uh and he he's brought into by this mysterious guy uh, who sends him to a compound upstate uh, that's completely cut off from like no cell reception, no internet, no anything, nobody else there, and he has to uh, try and salvage these uh, heat damaged like video cassette tapes from like a camcorder uh, from the nineties. They had been like damaged in this apartment fire. And so as he's fixing them, 
he starts watching them and and learning about the woman who who kind of composed these video journals she was interviewing people who lived at this apartment building and so he gets invested in uh her life and what was happening in the building everything and and kind of what's leading up to the fire and you find out that there's like a whole conspiracy there's like a cult um they're trying to open a portal to another dimension (laughs) uh but along the way he and this woman uh start having visions of each other and he they're they're essentially interacting through time so he starts wondering if he can change the past if he can like convince if he can warn her of what's coming or whatever and so he he gets more kind of invested in trying to save her and then finds out that there are other reasons why he was brought in on this other than his skill um he's got family connections to the past his own family died in a fire maybe it's all connected um it's really really interesting uh and compelling I think it kind of falls apart in the end, and I think part of that is because, and I don't know if the podcast is this way, but it very much, I went into it assuming it was a limited series, and kind of being excited about that, and you get to the end, and it's very much been left open for another season, Mm. in a way that sort of undercuts, I think, some of the strong points of the story, (laughs) and kind of like to to leave it open, it kind of reached a conclusion that left uh, the logic of it starts falling apart. And, you know, I realize it's a show about like other dimensions and cults. So like the logic was going to be pretty Swiss cheesy anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but it gets, it gets progressively. So when, uh, uh, but that said, um, I would be curious, I would definitely watch another season. And I think that uh, the journey up to that point, um, it was just, I found, I don't know, I know Dustin watched it. I found it entertaining for what it is. Just be, It was just, it was a nice binge. I, I agree with that. No, no, no. It was, I just thought that the, the mystery was too good that there was no way to resolve it really. In a, I mean, they did a fine job. I mean, it kind of fell apart, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it was possible to provide no. a good explanation for what was going on. No, no. Like, but... You know, for six episodes, it was like, oh, my God, what is happening? What the fuck yeah. is going on? And that was really fun until they got to the end. I want to say two things about this show, though. One, okay. Matt, Matt McGorry, I didn't realize that was Matt McGorry until, like, uh, halfway through the first, uh, second episode. Do you know who Matt McGorry is? From Orange is the New Black? Oh, no. He was a prison guard. Mm. Uh, do, do you know who he is on the show? You know who I'm talking about? I he don't. Looks, I mean, I know on the show he's the friend. Yeah. Did do you did you see Orange is the New Black? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. You wouldn't know. Although he was a big guy on Twitter for a while, as he's like a, a, I don't know, very much ahead of the time, sort of this performative feminism, whatever. We won't get into that. Um, <laughs> he, he, he was he was like very charming for a while, and then you're like, dude, okay, we get it, we get it. You're a feminist. Stop it. <laughs> he's that guy. Anyway, he looks uh, completely different, and it took me a while to recognize him. The other thing is that Martin Donovan is like the bad guy, and I mentioned him only because I was like, where did I see him? Where did I see him? And I'd seen him just the week before, because he's also in Ozark season four, which was, which was 
what you expect from Ozark season four. <laughs> yeah, I so I was obsessed with Matt McGorry's character because, um, and this is one of those things where like part of why I like the atmosphere of the show is that uh, it starts out very like kind of New York. Uh, I think the the main character is is an archivist like working for the Museum of uh, was it Motion Arts or something like that, um, and his friend is doing a mystery podcast so he has like a weekly show um almost like thrilling adventure hour but like done serious like not comedy but it would be like a podcast recorded in front of a live audience where they do sound effects and and a full cast recording but it's it's sort of like true crime but not true like you know like weird mysteries um and so like that's the friends vibe uh and it killed me because in the last two episodes, he's wearing the most New York t-shirt and I want it. And you can't, I literally spent like 20 minutes Googling it. You cannot buy this shirt. Uh, but it is a pink Mondo Kim's video shirt, which uh, Kim's video was, it was an institution that had several like locations around New York and they've all at this point closed, but mm. for a brief period of time, it was just like, it was an institution and, uh, and it's just a Pepto-Bismol pink Mondo Kim's t-shirt and I want it <laughs> so goddamn bad. <laughs> and I really just, so if anyone who made archive 81 is is listening, can I have that shirt or tell me where you got it? So that's Archive 81. Check it out. Yeah. I it probably won't make you cry. No, it won't. <laughs> well, that's better? Good? I don't know. Sometimes you want to cry, Tori. And I mean, not you, you. Yeah, but, no. You know. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> what should, we, should we talk about something that didn't make us cry? Sure. Oh, I don't know. Well, maybe I'm assuming. Uh, the um, after party did not make me cry. It did not, not make me I. cry. Oh, did we all watch it? Yeah. Oh, I, so. I wonder if we should save it. <gasps> okay, let's save it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to come back to that because all of us actually watched it. Um, uh, Abbott. Uh, Abbott. How about that? Abbott Elementary. Best sick network sitcom. I'm, I'm telling you, I think it might be the best network sitcom since Superstore. Not that the competition has been like particularly fierce, but I can't oh. think of anything better. Um, I would, I would, f I feel like you could go further back than Superstore. You think it's better than Superstore? Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, it's I've... it's not close. Superstore is fine, but Superstore is really good. Did you watch it all? Yes. Superstore is really good. It's I good. Will... This well, it didn't come out of the gate like like this show. I think this is Call Me Cat Erasure. Hey. <laughs> I think I well here this is a this is how my interpretation of it is that like not in terms of quality but in terms of like knowing from the moment the show begins what the show is. Like I haven't felt a show be this sure of itself since like the Brooklyn Nine-Nine pilot. Ooh. Like oh, as far as oh. like, okay. like just in terms of like this show knows what it is like it's not changing dramatically, like like this show knows what it is and it's like it's like oh no these are who the people are this is the tone this is and and you're gonna love it, 
I'm so excited. I have so I will admit I it's I haven't watched it not because I don't want to watch it. I'm kind of like saving it. I've been mm-hmm. watching other things, but I'm really 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 looking forward to to watching it cuz mm-hmm. everything I've heard is just I'm so excited. Yeah. And I'm just excited to have a good sitcom. Yeah. The the other thing that it that it kind of reminds me of is like um like top tier Parks and Rec but without it's not nearly as cartoony as Parks and Rec like um, just in terms of like you know you have a you have a hero at the center who's very like you know just wants to do good and like there's all these uh, all of the obstacles in her way but then you know by the end of it they come to a clever solution that is you know makes sense within the world and is also you know it's not exactly what they're going for but it solves the problem so uh, the main characters, they're all teachers, I assume, at this all, elementary. Yeah, they're all teachers. Uh, Quinta Brunson, who also created the show, uh, is the is the star. Um, and she's kind of like, you know, she's like the young optimistic teacher who still wants to do good. And you have the, um, you have the, uh, the, the kind of like older teachers who are more established and know, you know, they, they're kind of, it's not that they don't want to do good, but they're they're more jaded and like more like oh no, this is how the system works. Yeah, kind um, of worn down. Yeah, um, you have uh, uh, Janelle James playing the principal, who is oh my God, she's uh, who is like very like she's like extremely online and like wants to be like an influencer basically, but uh, and like like she like the re- so it's documentary it's a uh, documentary style, but the explanation for that is that she brought in a documentary crew to kind of like you know. To, as like trying to boost essentially her own profile and to be like, oh, this is gonna make me look great. Um, she also like lightly uh, harasses uh, what's his name, one of the other teachers. Oh yeah, James um, Michael Tyler. Yeah, the it was from Walking Dead and uh, everyone hates Chris. Right. Yes. Um, but but like in a way that's just like they toe that line where it's like this is uncomfortable, but like it's funny, uncomfortable, and not like. Oh no! You're going too far. As a TV show, uncomfortable. Um, and 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 the uh, Randall Einhorn, who like sort of created the Office documentary style, is the guy who created the same style here. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's just really it's well done. Um, it's very assured of its, or it feels very assured of itself. Um, the kids have shockingly good timing like mm-hmm. i mean not they don't ever like f- like they're not like focused on any one particular kid like they might come in for like an episode or two or an episode here and there but um but like the kids they get are good and like fulfill their role which seems tough because they're they're all like i don't know 10 at the most so when uh, was the last time was it the kids on keenan that we were like oh those are actually like good child actors yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, those kids had really good timing. Yeah. But it's hard like, yeah. to have a sitcom with kids where the kids... Right, yeah, to, to give like, them... Actually like, have to- the good timing. Yeah, to give them, like, comedy to carry is yeah. is very... Can be dicey, but um, so far, they've they've had uh, good, good... There was one episode where there's a kid who is acting out, and so that kid is basically, like, the antagonist for the episode, and she's great. And it's like, like they're like they're being they're being outwitted by a nine year old, and it's so good. Um, Yay! Are you? Did you watch any of the other new sitcoms, Dan? 
Uh, I watched the so uh, when I was uh, when I was away on assignment, uh, I was in a place where it was sometimes difficult to get uh, American uh, sitcoms. Um, But you weren't uh, in America. uh, Well, I didn't say that. I'm just saying it was difficult to access them on (laughs) on the internet. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, so I, I only watched a limited amount, but I did get to see the first two episodes of American Auto, which that, I love that one. I was I, I, I want to go back. I haven't gone back since then, but it was all right. Uh, I watched the first episode of Grand Crew, which I didn't or love maybe that the first one, two. I, 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 I like the it first enough. Two. Yeah, but I'm I can't stop watching it. But I yeah. don't love it. Yeah, that one. Um, I mean, part of that one is just like there's a lot of. LA improvisers in there that I've seen coming up over oh, the years. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool that like, they're all in sitcoms now. Um, and, uh, American auto reminds me of better off Ted in a lot of ways. Oh, American auto. Yeah. Ooh, Just that sort I of, I, I, I didn't say it's good, but it reminds yeah. me of that sort of like, uh, corporate skewering sort of thing. It does. It doesn't have the better off. Ted has kind of like a weird artificial, Sheen that I think makes it pop in a way because because it's kind of like a science fiction-y, almost like Bond villain company where they're doing like, they're clearly doing evil stuff. Sure, um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I can see that. Um, are there any others that I missed? I don't know. I'm behind on Pivoting? Uh, I have Piv- not seen Pivoting yet. Um, Pivoting is not good, but I can't stop watching it. Just I know it has Eliza Coop, and I exactly. would watch for Eliza Coop. But yeah, she's so good, and it, the show is just not nearly as good as anybody in it. But they're good enough that I'm just going to keep watching anyway. Oh, and it's got um, Manifest's wife, right? Jennifer Goodwin, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, who's she married to? Uh, Josh Dallas. Oh, yes. I did not know that. You did know that. Yeah, they, they about met that on number Once Upon a Time. Yeah, <laughs> it was Snow White and Prince, Char- Prince Charming. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I can barely remember Josh Dallas's name. No, uh, I know. I get which that. Which is yes. no offense to him, but uh, it like sounds some, like a fake name. It does sound like a fake name. There's some sort of reality dinner show where B-level celebrities get together and have dinner with somebody. I don't know. I just saw ads for it, and I saw that. It, uh, Josh Dallas and Jennifer uh, Goodwin were one of the couples on it. Is it a network thing or is it a Netflix thing? You know, I really don't know. I just saw an ad for it and I don't know. It. That's You all don't I have to pretend it. that this is not your new favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, they like talk about their sex lives or something over ooh, wine. Over I don't know. dinner? It sounds like that show that you liked uh, that was... Um, the Kevin Smith one? No, not the no. Kevin Smith one. It sounds like the what was the one with uh, John Favreau? No, not that one. Although well, that's the same that one, one as the Kevin Smith one. Uh, I was thinking. What's the one with? Um, Wait, did you confuse the... John Favreau with Kevin Smith? No, no. Kevin Smith was on the John Favreau one, oh, okay. and, and that's I, Kevin Smith was such a big part of that one to me for some. I think I just watched that episode. I think Kevin Smith and Ben Affleck were on it on the same episode. Yeah, What's maybe? the one with know. the Walking Dead guy and his wife? Oh, Hillary I know what you're talking and, about. Yeah, yeah. They just hang out with people. Yeah, and that was weird because it was just on hanging out on Zoom. Oh, but that was also your favorite show, of course, because yeah. you love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Right. That's his name. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of shows <laughs> that Dustin loved, uh, very quickly, How I Met Your Father, Dustin's favorite sitcom. <laughs> uh, Clearly no, not. <laughs> ignore everything he said about Abbott Elementary. No, no, no further questions at this time. Um, <laughs> 
It is not good, but it is also comforting. I don't know. I don't even think it's not that it's not good. It's just it's fine, but it it doesn't yet feel like it's. Um, I don't know what's like. There's nothing different about this one yet. Yeah. Why is right. it? Has it justified its existence? Yeah. It, it hasn't yet justified its existence. But um, why do also, you find it comforting? Oh, I just really love sitcoms. It. it like, I mean, for and for me, it was like there's a so the the way that they tie it into the original show is that the apartment that one of the characters lives or two of the characters live in is the same apartment that uh ted and uh ted lived in in for the run of the show and marshall so um like they've updated it like it's like oh we got this apartment and look at how cool it is and blah blah blah. but um so it hits like the nostalgia of it but um yeah and I don't think that um, Kim Cattrall is a very good uh, older Hilary Duff and also is on the show too much. I think that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that part. Um, I, I think, for me, and I, I think I mentioned this before we started recording, but um, the, uh, the original cast was such like a... Like, this kind of show, it's such a lightning in a bottle kind of thing where you need the cast to gel and for them to all like pop in ways that um you know that can carry it and i think i don't think this cast has that yet maybe they will but um but the original it felt like it between either people you knew like uh neil patrick harris or allison hannigan or um i guess people knew jason siegel if they had watched uh freaks and geeks Geeks, but um but no like every, every, everyone popped in that in that uh, cast, and this one, it's not there yet, um, other than Chris Lowell. But every, people know Chris Lowell, so why why do we know him? Uh, Piz, yeah, he's and, Piz. Uh, Tori has no idea who Piz is, do you? Where where would God? You? What? Damn if, okay, it, how sorry. about uh, uh, no? I mean, Glow. I might know. he was in Glow. Oh, he was the the rich guy who gave them money in Glow. Oh, okay. Okay. He was also, he was also in, in private enlisted. practice. Oh yeah, he was in enlisted. He was in private practice. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, he's married to, or maybe just partnered with Carrie Bechet. He is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, but who's Piz? Uh, Veronica Mars. Oh. Okay, but not. Who's the other guy. Enrico Colantoni. No. He was he was the um He's not her dad and not the guy that he was like the best friendy kind of guy, right? Well they right? sort of dated. He was sort of the guy she dated when she wasn't dating Logan. Right. I'm kind of forgetting most of what happened in Veronica Mars. I only cared about the dad. His was the nice guy on Veronica Mars that nobody liked because he was the uh, nice guy. Yeah. Wow. It made me uh, like him more. Anyway, How I Met Your Father, Dustin's favorite sitcom. It's on Hulu. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It, it's it. Maybe it'll maybe it'll grow on you. Um, I'm gonna keep watching it. It's it's in that category for me, like like the other sitcoms for Dustin. But also, like, why you put it on Hulu? You should, you know, be a little more edgy. It's still. I think very, they swore once. Did they? It still feels so. very <laughs> CBSy. But also, is that partly why maybe it hasn't? 
it hasn't got the traction and it, it doesn't feel like it's as big a deal because like it's only on Hulu is it is it it's not a network show no but isn't that where we all watch sitcoms on, on anyway on Hulu? well now but when it's on there was something about even if it and even if we watch it because it ends up on Hulu mm-hmm. there's something about the marketing push that a network gives at least when they were really trying to build like programming blocks right um, that made the the sitcoms feel like more of an event, and like guess, you know maybe they is that why they don't have a Neil Patrick Harris caliber uh, cast member? Like you know, is it because it's only a Hulu show? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, like I mean, they had I mean Hillary Duff is the lead, so she's a name that people know at least. Um, I think cast wise, to their credit, they they've tried to. Um, Diversify so like there's a there's an uh, there's an Indian American in the lead or in the main group. There's a, a Tian Tran who's a oh god I mean I think she's Vietnamese Vietnamese American. Um, there so and a lesbian and the show. Uh, yep, uh, and uh, there's a I'm blanking on the actress's name, but there's a Latinx woman. Um, so, so there's a they, they've diversified the cast and, you know, found people who are more like up and coming, which is always nice. But yeah. Um, oh, and there's a British guy who I don't recognize from anything. But, no, he's um, like the Barney, but really bad. He's mm. not the Barney. He's he's too like he's not like a like a philanderer. He's I just kind of dumb. I feel like he will be. Oh, uh, I don't know. He's just kind of dumb and doesn't know how to live without being super rich. Um, but <laughs> I, really but I don't know. I, I think I think that the the show part of weirdly part of what makes it feel comforting is that it doesn't feel like it's evolved from the original, which also means that the format feels you know fifteen years old, right? Um, in a yeah. way that uh, I guess while it does feel comforting and nostalgic, also feels like it's a show from fifteen years ago, um, and it hasn't quite. Uh, it feels a little out of time um, compared compared to like Abbott Elementary which feels you know even though it has elements that feel similar to other shows it also feels you know contemporary in a way that um, I don't know that I can describe other than tonally it feels appropriate for right now versus uh, I Met Your Father if it, if it had been on 10 years ago it would have fit in the same That's right yeah. yeah it's not like yeah. So, I don't know, but you know, it's that's all right. They're still like most show. Most shows are still finding it in the, in that first season, especially if you're a comedy. So. So you will have to watch it and continue watching it, just like all of the other sitcoms. Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone will have to keep watching all of them. Yeah. I um, almost never quit a sitcom. <laughs> And that's how you end up uh, lamenting. Nine seasons uh, into the Goldbergs. Well, I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about being bummed that the unicorn got canceled. I but, was gonna uh, say the oh, unicorn yeah. was the yeah. only one I could think of. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Goldbergs. There you go. Um, all right, let's move on from sitcoms to. To. I don't know. The Tory block. The Tory no, block. Well, no, I want to ask something. What's somebody somewhere 
Are we Wait, saving yeah. that for a reason? Oh, I don't okay, even know no. what that show Dustin, is. Dustin, why don't you why don't you talk about what this? What is it? You didn't watch it, Dan? I watched the first episode, but I'm behind. So it, it felt like such a Dan show to me. What does that mean? I mean, <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I'm curious. Uh, uh, now I really of, want you to describe it. No, I just it was a, a very uh, gentle comedy that was uh, funny in um, a sly sort of way, mm-hmm. but not like I mean, it just it was a very kind, funny show. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Where, I don't, I don't where know. is it? I just, it's, uh, it's on HBO. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's produced by the Duplass brothers. They didn't create it, but they were. Pro- and I think Jay Duplass directed the pilot, at least. Um, it is. Uh, it's a half hour on HBO, set in uh, small town Kansas, um, and it's following a. It's following a woman who is feeling a little lost, and she ends up. Uh, I'm assuming it keeps going from here because again, I only saw the first episode. But she ends up falling into like a, like a group of, uh, basically like people who have kind of like a secret, uh, sort of small town outcast. But, yeah, yeah, who've sort of created a community of their own. Mm-hmm. So they have like a they have a thing that they call uh, choir practice because they hold it in the church and the church doesn't know that it's basically like in this town. It's like all the the gay people and the trans people and whatever like they all gather and they they sing or they read poetry or well one of them was reading from his sister's diary I think he stole <laughs> uh, and uh, and, and it, so it's just like all the outcasts finding their community um, and that's kind of that's kind of where the first episode ends so I don't know where it goes from there but um, yeah it just feels like a very um, one of those uh, Comedy pers- uh, comedy people type shows like people who love comedies would love this show. Yeah, and it has a lot of it's um, uh, what's it called? The lead is uh, Bridget Everett, Bridget who's Everett. been in a bunch of stuff but never as a lead. Uh, Jeff Hiller, who's been in a bunch of stuff but never the lead. Um, and it's uh, it feels like watching the first episode, it felt like an indie movie to me in kind of like a mm-hmm. good way, like very much. Yeah. Um, in that it's just kind of quiet and pretty grounded and like real people like it fe- like you feel like oh yeah i could see i could totally see these people existing and uh having these kinds of struggles and um trying to find their place and feeling like they're not in the right town but also that's where they live so it's, it's sort of very much in the vein of like the ted lasso sort of kind gentle comedy parks and recreation sort of thing which not like laugh out loud. It's just like, you know, I don't. It's funny, but it's not like. It's just sweet. So it didn't make you cry. No, no, but maybe a little. I don't know, wistful. Misty. Yeah. Aww. It's a nice show. All right, it's in the maybe pile. <laughs> And it comes on right after Righteous Gemstones, which is just everybody loves. And it's fine. But everybody loves it for some reason. A lot. I mean, no, no, it's it's a good show. It's It's a good show. Somebody somewhere. I don't understand why people love it so much because it's just, I mean, it's Danny McBride. Danny McBride is Mm -hmm. a funny guy Mm -hmm. who's been doing the same thing his entire career. And this Mm -hmm. is just. More Another, yeah, I but think, it's also John Goodman who is an institution. Yes, yeah. he's and Walton terrific. Goggins. Yeah, yes. and Edie Patterson, Adam Devine, yeah. all doing Danny McBride things. Right, yes. but I think I think that 
I feel like the Danny McBride thing fits here in a way that yeah, it, it does better. It almost yeah. fits better than even though like you know I really liked uh, Eastbound and Down and uh, and uh, Vice Principals, but um, I don't know. It, it does seem to fit in in the world of televangelists. Evangelical, yeah. Um, no, I like it. I enjoy it. I just don't understand why. You just you just like to people are look down upon people who no i don't it's no. just not gentle and kind enough mm, for you. Yeah, exactly you just that. want you just want your gentle kind humor mm-hmm. just it, like like Dan- real people right danny mcbride is a it feels like a he is of a certain time that i don't that doesn't exist i don't know danny mcbride reminds me of my early days at uprocks and that's the kind of humor which is and it's not a bad thing <laughs> It's just like that fit at that particular time, pre-Trump, whatever. So you feel like it's not uh, that kind of humor is not doesn't work as well today. Well, clearly, I'm. Other people disagree. Right, but to you, it doesn't no, land in the I, same way. So this no. is how I met your father, being like how I met your mother, as opposed to Abbott Elementary being something new. I think so, but I think other people feel it. I mean, John Goodman is really good in it, and it's got a really good cast, and there's some really funny moments, but it's also just really over the top at times. Okay, well, John Goodman is always the best thing <laughs> in anything yes. that he does. Well, this so. this season, he's like a he's he's like a, a televangelist who also like uh, kicks ass, <laughs> which is really fun to see. I yeah. you know here's the thing, and I love Brian Cox. But I want John Goodman to get the like yes. Logan Roy type yes. role, like actually mm. in the serious drama that. where he's just. I just want like because he is very funny and he ends up in all of these kind of comedic roles. But like, he could definitely. He was he in can a. Do it. He was in a role like that on a Mark Wahlberg gambling movie that no one saw a few years ago. That was much much better than it had any right to be but nobody saw it so right I love John Goodman yeah me too <laughs> alright now the Tory block alright Tory what is the Tory block all of us are dead talk, all, the, all, talking, the, all the crap and, that nobody else watched <laughs> and Book of Boba yeah okay alright oh, I'm shit. gonna watch the Korean show Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, first I have a, a brief story. So while you guys were catching up on sitcoms, I was catching up on Attack on Titan. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you what happens, but it's the final season. And the reason why I wanted to mention it is because I, I committed the, the fatal error of the binge era, which is mistaking a bunch of episodes for being all of the episodes. So I was so excited to find uh, Attack on Titan, the final season on Hulu. There were like 18 episodes. I was like, oh my God, yes. I just want to watch like a whole, like I just, yeah, I just want like an anime. I just want to like see the end of the show that I really like. Uh, it's a 22 episode season. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that they were adding and it's not the, because Hulu does the thing where they, they get the subtitled episodes first and then later when like, Cartoon Network or whoever airs it dubbed, they'll add those episodes as they air. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm not waiting for them to be dubbed. I'm going to watch the subtitled ones. Um, But I I thought that they just got all of them 
at the same time because they were subtitled. I didn't, and they're not. They're getting them as they air, you know, presumably in in Japan. So (laughs) I binged 18 episodes, got to the end, and was like, that cannot Uh possibly be the end of the final (laughs) season of Attack on Titan. And then uh, my husband looked it up and he was like, no, there's like four more episodes. So now we're stuck every Monday uh, waiting for the the new episode to drop, but only for like four weeks because we were almost the whole thing. So... Um, I still really like the show. Would have would have liked to have just binged it in one go. Mm-hmm. So kind of annoyed. Uh, that was my problem. Um, what's the other? Oh yeah, uh, all of us are dead. So this is gonna be the show that everyone's talking about. Everyone's already talking about it. It's like trending. It's like the number one show. Um, yeah, the last time you said that it was Squid Games, you were totally wrong. <laughs> Are you being facetious right now, Dustin? <laughs> Don't listen Also, and when I said it about Hellbound, everyone was talking about it. So, yeah, this is the next thing. So this is a, a South Korean um, zombie. I, it's a drama, but it's not really a drama. It's kind of a comedy. Uh, it's really, really good. And I'm only three episodes in. But this is the one that, like, I think a bunch of new shows kind of started, like, all of the Twitter buzz, at least, has been around this show. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to be hearing about it more over the next week. Um, so you might want to start watching. But uh, what it's about, I wouldn't say it's as uh, kind of conceptually groundbreaking. It's a pretty standard uh, zombie show. What sets it apart is that uh, it, I think the action sequences are are outstanding there's some long take stuff some pretty gruesome stuff uh and it's and the mix of humor so the the setting is a a zombie outbreak kind of ground zero for it is this high school so it kind of radiates out into the city from there but you're really following this group of high school students who are who literally like can't get out of the building and they're they're banding together, going from room to room, trying to uh, figure out what's going on because they don't understand it. It's a virus that one of their teachers created. Um, oh. And it's there's nothing like, you know, it's kind of all, you know, it, it's the explanation that you expect. He, he was trying to protect his son who was being bullied. And so he was like doing a study on mice that will fight back against cats. So like most mice will like tremble in fear but like one out of every 20 will like fight back and he's like if I can isolate that chemical you know maybe I can keep you know give it to my son and keep him from being bullied but it ends up turning everyone into a zombie like it's just kind of like the the nonsense science explanation like none of that is what makes the show interesting like all of that is kind of by the book zombie show Mm -hmm. um but it's really like you. The first episode starts out really slow because you're really getting into the the lives of these teenagers and who's got a crush on whom and and kind of all the dynamics between the main characters. Um, and then once the outbreak hits, it goes so fast and so hard. And so it's really funny because like at first the first episode you're like, oh, it's just, it's kind of dragging its feet. It's really slow. Like what's going on? And then like once once it all takes off it you just go you start devouring the episodes because everything feels very kind of fast-paced and and um 
and, and there's some really kind of nutty. <laughs> Like, it's, I would say it's not necessarily, uh, it's not like Hellbound where it's like an, a, re- a really interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Um, here it's all the execution. It is a normal concept that is executed very, very well. Mm-hmm. And so like with the students, there's a lot of humor. Um, and then, but also it's pretty gruesome and the action is, is very well done. So. And it sounds um, like my kind of show. Yeah, I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And it is very, like, teen drama, but then, like, really, like, really hardcore zombie stuff. <laughs> uh, and and you, and even though I'm only three episodes in, like, you're losing main character, like, people that you think are main characters. Like, the, the body count rises very, very fast. Oh, okay. I like that, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, if anything, tonally, I'd say it's rather similar to Sweet Home, hmm. which maybe makes sense because I think they're both based on a webcomic or a webtoon. So uh, check it out. I think in, in the next week, everyone's going to be talking about it. I'm on it. Uh, what else? As soon as I get through, this is us. <laughs> It'll be a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Um, all right, so that's all of us are dead. What do we have left? Book of Boba. You got uh, Book yeah. of Boba, and then the grand finale. Oh yeah. Okay, so Book of Boba. Uh, whatever. There's <laughs> a read Mike Redmond's recaps on Pajiva.com. Uh, he's covering it very well, but the main thing to know is the most recent episode. <laughs> so the show was like really kind of boring. And like fine, and mm. but not. It was really boring. Mm-hmm. And then the most recent episode uh, was great, and like so great. And the problem is that it was great because it literally wasn't an episode of Book of Boba. <laughs> it was an episode of The Mandalorian, uh, which, as you know, is Pajiba's, you know, best right. television show yeah, for yeah, many yeah. years running. Right. Yep. Uh, so, but it, it was it, it was one of those situations where. And I, and I mean it was an episode of The Mandalorian, not just because it featured uh, The Mandalorian, but because it didn't feature Boba Fett. It mm-hmm. was a, it was essentially the season three premiere of The Mandalorian. Like, it picks up with him uh, trying to find, like, doing a job, trying to find the, the last remaining, remaining other Mandalorians, um... Uh, trying to get information to he wants to like go visit Grogu it's like it is his kind of journey he he goes back to Mos Eisley and meets up with Amy Sedaris's character to try and get a new spaceship it is picking up on everything that we saw in the last season of The Mandalorian and then at the very end <laughs> and uh, Fennec Shan shows up and is like hey Boba has a job for you <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, it and it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. It was it was it, what set it apart was like the the content because it was Mando, a true Mandalorian show. Um, the direction was was great. It felt slower. It felt uh, even little things. And I feel like it's a weird thing to point out. Like it shouldn't matter, 
Um, but she had a way of, of framing a lot of the scenes, focusing on the little, you know how they would always have the little like Muppet critters, like the, the varmints that run through the scenes or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the puppets. There were so, the, everything, there was one in every scene, it felt like. Even if it was just like a weird turkey vulture thing, like cawing in the morning, like it just, it felt alive in a way that it kind of made all of the previous episodes. It, the problem with it wasn't just that it was a good episode. It would have been a, one of the better episodes of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But having it in the middle of, of the book of Boba Fett just really made you realize how lackluster the, yeah, my, the my show had been. So it's like the premiere, the, se- the third season premiere of The Mandalorian, but then after that episode, it goes back to being Boba Fett. Well, that's next. what we're waiting to see. Like, theoretically, this week, it's going to be Mando going and providing muscle for Boba Fett as he continues with his, like, I'm going to take out the, the Pikes or whatever group, criminal group he's trying to eliminate from Tatooine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's where it's going to be it's going to go back to being a, a, a Boba episode. And I don't know if I'm going to care as much. Uh, but I also think it was what, this was also one of those episodes where like, you know, and, and something that we've talked about with the Mandalorian, like when we're watching a season of the Mandalorian, um, it was, we would often have those debates about like, well, do we like this show because it's like a half an hour and it's just like kind of night or is it, or is it actually boring? Is the show mm-hmm. doing anything? Mm-hmm. You know, and this would have been an episode that if it had been an episode of The Mandalorian in a season of The Mandalorian, I think that Twitter would have been having, like, we all would have been having that conversation, like, was this an outstanding episode? Or was it actually, like, kind of a boring, like, nothing's <laughs> happening episode? Right. And hmm. so, it's, and I do think it was outstanding, but it, 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 it is crystallized by the fact that it's not in a season of the Mandalorian and you're not sitting here waiting to see what the, the season of that show would do. Right. You take it out of context and put it, put it in book of Boba Fett and you're like, this is the greatest thing that star Wars has done since the empire strikes back. Mm. Um, So do we think that Boba Fett overall is sort of like the first big failure for the, Disney, Star Wars, Marvel TV show? Um, I think it will be the low... Well, to me right now, it's probably just a notch below. I, I can't tell if it's it's as much of a disappointment as Falcon and Winter Soldier. Maybe it's, it's maybe not a disappointment because I didn't have as high hopes for it. Um, because the real issue is that, like, we've got like if you wanted to do a book of boba fett show it should have been the mandalorian you you shouldn't have had a random mandalorian you should have had boba fett right so you've already done a very good interesting show that is picking up on different genres that weren't standard star wars and like that could have the character that of the mandalorian could have been boba fett the whole time right and so you've you've now resurrected him and you're spinning him off and it's like is there fresh material that we care about to be told 
where I'm curious is like having, you know, is does the introduction of Mando, of, of Mando, is this going to build to a conclusion in Book of Boba Fett that is interesting? You know, have we just been kind of, is the backstory, has it, the first part of the season was it a bit of a slog, but this indicates that like the climax that the season is, is building to maybe more interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm not really sure. I, I'm, I'm curious enough to see where it's going. Um, but for sure it's not, it's one of the lower tier efforts. <laughs> I've only seen the pilot. It just bored me to tears. Yeah. I, and that's the thing, like, uh, you know, and it's something I think Mike said in his recap, like if you haven't tried Book of Boba yet, you could start with this most recent app and not have missed anything. Like all you're missing is... You know, he was rescued. He he lived with some Tuscan raiders, and they all got killed. And then he went, and now he's taken over Jabba the Hutt's thing. Like, and and that's part of the problem is that where the Mandalorian kind of felt like it was it was eking out a corner of the Star Wars universe that hadn't been explored. You know, maybe some of the planets were familiar, but you were kind of it was it was fun to follow a character like him in that universe that wasn't a resistance fighter, that wasn't a Skywalker, that wasn't, you know, a Jedi, it wasn't destined for anything greater. It was just a bounty hunter. Right. With this kid. Like it felt like you were getting to see the galaxy far, far away through different eyes. And there was potential there. And what they've done with Boba Fett is like, so now that the idea of just like bounty hunter, you know, kind of lone wolf and cubbing his way through the galaxy, like that's been taken. So Boba Fett is resurrected and just takes over Job of the Hut. So you're back on Tatooine. You're back dealing with the same criminals that like, like it, it is it feels stale because it's it's kind of the the rise of Skywalker issue. It's kind of like, you know, where you have the potential to have this whole new chapter of Star Wars and in the end raise a palpatine. You know, it's it's all retreading things that you've seen before. Right, right. Um I again, I don't know, maybe by the end of the season that will feel like it's different, but so far I think that's the disappointment is and it, again, it's in contrast to Mandalorian. If Mandalorian hadn't happened, Boba Fett could have had the potential to have all of that fresh ground. Mm -hmm. But it's like, in, we, we have a template for what this could be, and it could be something that we haven't seen in Star Wars yet. And this ain't it. It's literally like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll just move him into Jabba's house. And he'll get us uh, whatever the beast is with Danny Trejo, and he'll be I don't know it's disappointing <laughs> mm. however, however Wednesdays oh, when, yeah Wednesdays on Disney Plus uh, mm. I will say uh, much like my favorite part of the Mandalorian is the Richard Ayoade bot Boba Fett has a Matt Berry bot and up until oh. the Mandalorian episode, the Matt Berry bot, which would only appear in a single scene per episode. But it's like, imagine if, if Matt Berry was voicing R2D or uh, C3PO. Mm -hmm. This is not appealing to me. 
Why? Do you not like Matt, Matt Barry? Barry? Wait. I'm like sure I know who Matt Barry is. What, what we what? do in the shadows. Oh, no. oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was confusing him with Matt Lucas. I apologize. Oh, God, no. Um, I no. feel so bad. No. Oh, How dare you? Matt Barry. I'm sorry. Yes. Matt Barry, yeah. great. So, Matt Barry. So, and this is, so, even when the show is at its most uninteresting, and this is, I understand this is also a weird kink of my, like, I'm just really <laughs> generally attracted to, to robots that are voiced by comedians, British comedians, but yeah, it's like having Richard Ayoadebot and Matt Berrybot, it's kind of like sex, which is great because Star Wars is Disney and it'll never show real sex, but it's the hottest thing. And will these two bots ever get together? No, and I think Richard Ayoadebot died, but that's the whole thing about robots is there could be another one out there. True. So I'm just saying, like, the show will always be very, very PG. And I will always be inexplicably roused by these two tiny, like, side ancillary robot characters. And I hope I just want Disney to know that. Not that I think no. they're listening. No. Well, you never know. So yeah, yeah, you just got to yeah. put out there in the, in the universe, you know? Yeah. Speaking of shows that were just sort of put out in the universe, <laughs> that that makes sense, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, look, we, we have our awkward transitions back. Uh, no, yeah. no, we, uh, we're rusty. Yeah. It's fine. It's a new season. Uh, the one show that we all watched, uh, the After Party, uh, the new limited series on Apple TV Plus. Uh, it is. Uh, it well, the first three episodes were released. It is an eight episode limited series. Uh, set around a a murder mystery that takes place after uh, tragedy befalls an after party following a 15 year high school reunion and it basically has every comedic actor that you've loved in something and when they were not the lead but they stole the scene um, I just, love this show it's uh, so Tiffany Haddish, Sam Richardson Ike Barinholtz, Ben Schwartz Ilana Glazer uh, Dave Franco, Zoe Chow, Tia Sirkar, Kelvin Yu, Jamie Demetrio in like so far a tiny role, but he's so funny. Uh, John Early's in it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 great. It's created by uh, Christopher Miller of Lord and Miller. Um, I'm curious why it's just him and not both of them, but anyway. I thought um, uh, I thought Phil Lord was producing it. He's a producer, that, but yeah. yeah, he's not he's not as. Uh, he, I guess he wasn't for whatever reason he wasn't as involved yeah because like Christopher Miller like directed it I think yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's uh, the mystery part of it is kind of like really just an excuse to gather all these people like like I mean I don't know about you guys but I don't care about the mystery I'm just enjoying all the people I mostly felt that way but I've actually I've watched six episodes now and I'm really invested in the mystery now oh, oh. look who's got screeners <laughs> no, no, I, yeah. oh mainstream media look at you courting Apple mm-hmm. oh yeah hmm hmm, hmm. Um, and uh Jamie Dimitro has an episode and it is outstanding. Not as good as the Ben Schwartz episode, which is the third episode, which yeah. may be like the best episode of comedy television. Yeah. Okay. So, 
quick aside, I told Dustin this already, but I'm saying this for everyone listening because you can get on Twitter and harass him about this. <laughs> so, Ben Schwartz's character, Jasper, mm-hmm. is literally human adult Dewey Duck. Mm-hmm. And if you like Jasper, which Dustin claims to <laughs> and liked his episode... <laughs> Then maybe Dustin would like DuckTales, and this is maybe the gateway to getting Dustin to watch DuckTales. Mm. So, but he's also the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. Is it the same as that? I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Not 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 quite the same. Because Dewey Duck is very much the like entertainer, desperate to please, wants the attention, randomly mm. breaks into song, is like mm-hmm. overperforming. So, like, if you liked Jasper's episode, that is what any Dewey-centric episode of DuckTales is like. Oh, uh, okay. Good to know. Um, the the Jasper episode was pretty this, amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, the songs. Uh, they the cram song. in three songs. So, one thing that this show has done in a... In a and I, I'm assuming it continues, uh, but in kind of a nice way, is they, they frame it so that it's... Um, we're, uh, Tiffany Haddish is, is kind of like the lead detective uh, uh, investigating this uh, this murder. And as she interviews everybody, then they're telling what happened that night from their point of view. And their point of view all comes across in basically like a different movie uh, genre almost. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like Sam Richardson's is like, a, is like a rom-com or romantic dramedy kind of thing. Ike Barinholtz's is kind of like a... Fast and the Furious uh, action. Fast and Furious, yeah, action movie. <laughs> uh, and Ben Schwartz's is a musical. Yeah. And so I don't know, I don't get fancy screeners like Dustin does, but uh, <laughs> but the but yeah, so so it's it's a it's a nice way to kind of like play with the lens of you know in what 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 in a straightforward uh, murder mystery would be like you know different points of view and like what who saw what and who's lying and who's telling the truth, but like just having it filtered through like oh this is how they see the world is is a is a fun way to um, to to kind of like mind comedy from from the setup um, well because yeah because you're essentially taking it's knives out but as a series right so you have instead of you know Daniel Craig with a southern accent you have Tiffany Haddish and she's mm-hmm. she's interviewing each of the witnesses each of the people who are at the party individually right and so yeah they give their pov and then she's having to weed through that right to try because she she, you start realizing like what parts are trying to trying to suss out what parts are real and what parts are their sort of their interpretation of events right um and there's a cute moment where it's like uh in the first episode which the rom-com is it I like the way that the show builds it because the rom-com episode as the premiere, a rom-com seems pretty normal mm-hmm. compared to like action or the right. musical where it's much more obviously uh, surreal right. if you were to write. Rom-com, you could kind of take it as like, oh no, this is maybe what happened. Maybe it's slightly heightened or whatever. And so there's yeah. a moment like toward the end uh, where... Sam Richardson's character is watching the girl that he likes um, get onto the helicopter with Dave Franco. Dave Franco is the villain, or is the, mm-hmm. is the victim, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the dead well, body. Well, villain, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're solving his, his murder. Uh, and and it's like Sam Richardson is in the pouring rain again, and Tiffany Haddish just goes like, wait, so it started <laughs> raining again? 
And he's like, no, it just was like raining in my heart or something like that. And then they cut back to the scene and it's no longer raining. And so it's like you see her trying to navigate like what is, yeah, their impressions versus like what really actually happened. Right, right. Um, And so that lays the baseline. And then, yeah, you get to the like the action episode, which is completely ridiculous. And then the musical episode and presumably it's going to continue escalating from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but it does. It it mixes it up and 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 tells you a lot about the characters um, themselves. And so I'm waiting to get to. I I'm really looking forward to Alana uh, Glazer's episode because mm-hmm. she seems like it should be next. I think it is. okay. It is. It's the fourth one. Yeah. Fourth one. Um, because her character and it's interesting because because that's the other thing. There are characters that you have at that point only seen through the point of view of whosever episode it has been. Right, right. So what you've seen of her is like, uh, she's a mess, she was a former class president, she's either incredibly drunk or not, mm-hmm. and she has some secret to work out with the with the victim or right. not. Like, it's really, because it depends on who's telling the story when. Right, right. Um, so I'm looking forward to this week's episode then. But yeah, the, and the two things, it's like, after each ep- you know you after each episode you end up like really really liking that character and you really don't want that person to be the murderer but also who knows who it is but I think the other thing is it's a Christopher Miller show so I think there's a lot of Easter eggy type clues being seeded that we don't realize yet that are gonna be, come up in the end it's gonna be like I think it's gonna be like something really cool mm-hmm. that he's gonna be able to piece together that I'm trying, I, I'm, I want to go back and start re-watching, because they, they didn't give the yeah. finale. So I want to see all of that and see if I can figure it out. So I'm hoping, but I'm curious, I part of me thinks it's going to be Zoe, the, the love interest. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have no idea. I really That's the other thing. Every every episode casts doubt on a different character, never right. the one. It like It's like eliminating the point of view character. Right. But again, because you're always dealing in genres, there's always the possibility that like you know this isn't real reality it's all heightened so you also have that idea of like you it's baked in that every single one of these people is an unreliable narrator Mm -hmm. so you know if you can't trust that like like clearly ben schwartz's character wasn't actually singing so like how can you take anything else he says seriously like it's it's an interesting dynamic to play with because you want to believe these characters right but having seen everything through the way they say it, you know that like fundamentally there there's a bit of lying going on. Mm-hmm. The thing that the the one thing that I'm curious about that the that came up in the like I, I haven't been looking for clues actively, but there was one weird thing in the Ben Schwartz episode that I was like the the way that the text worked out like in his story where mm-hmm. like where like it sent him to the to the recording studio uh it, it felt so out of place compared to like everything else that had been happening with, between him and uh, uh xavier which is dave franco's character uh yeah. in a way that i was like this is some and they, and they showed it that he shows oh, it to tiffany yeah, Haddon, yeah. to her detective and says like oh look and you see the screen, you see that he's telling the truth about, like, that the interaction. In yeah, because she that takes felt... it as, like, a, a proof of the timing. Like, right. well, we know he was alive at that time. Right, 
but that they, that was so specific that I was like, I bet there this is not. Like, it's true that he believes that that was him, but I don't think it was him. I think it was someone else doing it for whatever reason. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, I think you're right, Dan. That's, what that's the know. only thing that I oh. feel like was a clue so far. I, oh, man. I also wonder, like, what if none of them, what if he just fell? Mm. No, that's going to be disappointing. Yeah, it will be, except will it be? Because you just will have fallen in love with a bunch of know, really interesting but, characters. Mm-hmm. And then you'll feel still, still, I mean, it was Chris Evans was the bad guy, and you still what it didn't ruin its awesome sweaters. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not, okay. Fine. Um, the other thing I wanted to say. So, part of the promotional tour, like you know, whatever. Like actors go and do interviews and whatever. Um, but Ben Schwartz and, and and Sam Richardson are kind of doing it a bit of the promotion together because their characters in the show are very good friends and they do mm-hmm. a lot of improv off of each other mm-hmm. um, and they're just super charming yeah. and so together they did um, Sam Sanders NPR show the um, It's Been a Minute oh okay yeah they, they were on it this past week and it was the cutest interview and it just solidifies that like I just want the two of them to become like a little comedy duo and do everything together. Um, so if you haven't listened to it, you should go on line or wherever. Wherever you get podcasts. It. Wherever you get podcasts. Yeah. Um, probably where you listen to us. After yeah. us, go listen to that. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully not on Spotify. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Switch, switch from there. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, and so one of the things that I didn't know about Sam Richardson uh, that comes up in this is that they. Apparently, he has, like, an encyclopedic knowledge of TV theme songs. Hmm. And because they just start naming really obscure shows, and he can just start... He just starts singing the theme song. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying any of us would be as talented as him, but maybe if we ever decide to revive the Podjiba end-of-show game... Oh, oh! Maybe we fun. maybe we need to try singing some theme songs, or just making Dustin sing. I mean, we songs. we did do that once. We yeah. Yeah. But we like more. The theme. More more theme songs. <laughs> more theme songs. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, this, uh, we played a game over the holidays, so that's true. The game will be back again. Yeah. There was this. Uh, I don't remember the name of the uh, of the comedy, but it was uh, it starred Dakota Johnson and Nat Faxon, and it has the best theme song that I've ever. Ben heard. and Kate. It was called that's Ben and what, Kate. Oh, it was I one love that theme song. I don't remember <laughs> the theme song, but I remember the it's show. It's so good. It was good. I liked it too. Yeah, but not as much as the theme song. <laughs> oh, you were just saying the theme song was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The theme song was magic. <laughs> All right. This is more like the Thundercats theme song, but okay. Ben and Kate, fine. Yes. <laughs> did Love Monkey have a theme song? Oh God, uh, it know. did have a theme song, uh, but it was a uh, it was a real song by uh, Teddy Geiger, who was also in the show as like the the young musician that he's trying to sign. Oh. Um, and I don't remember the Geiger. song. That sounds familiar. You know, one thing, I, one thing I realized this week, I don't know why I realized it. I was probably in the shower and just like thinking about theme songs. But 
it's really annoying as you get older and realize that the Friends theme song isn't just like a cute song. It's incredibly accurate. Mm-hmm. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that it was its own song and it was by a band and it's a whole thing. But like, when you start thinking about the lyrics and I'm like, oh, God, yeah, like I'm in my 30s and all of that is very true. And it didn't mean anything to me when the show was on the air because I was like a teenager or in my 20s or whatever. So I still don't remember who Rachel's baby daddy was, but I remember the theme song. Rachel's baby daddy. I think, didn't she have a baby? Yes, it was Ross. It was Ross, yeah, it was Ross. Don't act like you know, Dustin. You were just as no, confused. No, I do. You, you, well, I, I was you thinking it, oh I was, it was either Ross or Gunther. I didn't remember. Oh, how dare you, <laughs> Dustin. And, and too soon, also. Uh, anyway. Um, well, that seems like a good a place as any to end. We did it. We did it. We talked about uh, a lot of shows. We talked about a lot of shows, and, uh, and it's and still ended at a semi-reasonable time. Will Ish. we have anything to talk about next week? Plenty. Oh, I'm sure we will. We'll We're just going to do Ozark and Euphoria. Mm, I don't nine, watch nine those, those shows. Yeah. <laughs> Tori, just find us more Korean stuff to watch. <laughs> I will tell you about the fin- I will talk about the last season of Attack on Titan in detail. And oh, Dustin will be so unhappy. <laughs> Are they still fighting? Did they all... I don't know. The show got real weird real fast. Did they oh, defeat the, Titan? Oh, the last season is super weird. They got out of the... Uh, they went to where the tit- you think the Titans are coming from, and it, mm-hmm. it, there's a whole jump. There's a whole time jump. There's a whole space jump. They, like... It's... A lot happened in the last season. All right. I'll tell you all about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking Wait. about Love Monkey so long, and I completely forgot Jason Priestley was in it. Yeah, he was one of the one of the one of the guys. Completely forgot that. Oh man! Oh, you know what? I was watching. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. I, I, I. Wait, Christopher Wilde's in it too. Was he the guy from Ed? No. No, no, no. no. Tom Cavanaugh. Like Tom Cavanaugh. No, no. I know that Ed, but I thought Ed and Ed, his best friend. No, he looks like Christopher wild but he's not uh you know i was watching um nobody cares about this uh i was watching um (laughs) the remake of footloose over the weekend with my family oh you love that movie i do i i I don't know why but uh you know who's in it miles teller yes yes but um and i don't think either one of you are going to appreciate this at all but um (laughs) let me uh, so Darius Blaine is in it. You probably have no idea who that is, do you? Not a hand. No. He he was playing a high schooler in um, Footloose, and he was 27 years old. Which, okay, no big deal. What yeah, it's like Dawson's no, no. Creek. Right. But 10 years later, or 8 years later, not 8, 9, 10 years later, he was still playing a high schooler in Jumanji. Does he just have baby face? I, I guess so. Well, good for him. Yeah, I, I hear that. You know who I'm talking about? No. no. Have you seen Have you seen Jumanji? Like the Robin Williams one or the new one? No, 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 the new ones. No. No. 
Oh, oh my God! You haven't seen the new Jumanji? Um, they're I so may, good. Maybe I did. I think I maybe saw the first one. They're so good. I mean, they were. It was. Dustin, I like Karen Gillan. This is a this is a movie. This is not a movie podcast. It's a television so, podcast. Yeah, television podcast. Oh. We've done this is now episode one twenty one, and you apparently still cannot fathom. The, the concept of the show. <laughs> the, core, the one thing, the one thing we do is we talk about, talk about TV. TV. All right. TV. Next week. Nothing but TV. Yeah. Yeah, we'll and see. Jumanji. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> You're going to pitch a Jumanji show? <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's the show. Uh, we're so glad to be back. Um, or at least I am. I think, I think Dustin... And Tori are also ecstatic. Uh, and, I won't uh, admit it because I don't want you speaking for me. But you well, know. that's fair. Yeah. Um, Tori, remember Tori? That's Tori with an E Y uh, <laughs> and two R's and two R's. And Dustin is spelled with a J, as in Justin. Uh, and uh, no one else has any other nicknames, and so that's it. Uh, <laughs> sure thing, Fancy Dan. No nicknames. It's not sticking. Um, have so a good fancy. night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) So fancy.